When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the latest edition of The Audible, presented by Trader Joe's. I'm Bruce Feldman, joined as always by my colleague from The Athletic, Stuart Mandel. We are taping late, late Monday night. It's probably about an hour after the Sugar Bowl, where both games were thrilling, which is a rarity for the CFP, and Texas falls to Washington on the last play of the game. Um, we're going to get into that in a little bit. We're going to get into the game we were at this afternoon, which was Michigan's overtime win over Alabama. Um, lots to get into, Stu. Lots to get into. And in my case, with very little of a voice. Apologies to the audience. I'm getting over a cold, and it's the end of the night, and my voice is not cooperating. Um, but, yeah, it's a rare chance where we're in the same place. Hopefully you're not giving me that cold. That's what happened last year. So, um, <laughs> but let's let's so let's get into it. So, the Michigan Alabama game, it was it was fascinating how it started. The first play of the game, JJ McCarthy throws what looks like it's going to be a pick. Caleb Downs make a great play, but then it gets reviewed, and you realize he had stepped out of bounds before that. So the play doesn't happen, um, and then. You know, over the first, I don't know, what I would say is the first hour of the game, I thought Michigan was the was the more physical team. They looked like they were a step ahead of Alabama. They should have probably been up 14-3 to at halftime. Instead, they were up 13-10. to Samaj Morgan fumbles a punt. That cost them. And basically, I thought Alabama really had like one or two plays. You know, there was a McClellan run for a touchdown. But there wasn't much. I mean, I just felt like Michigan looked a lot better and more prepared. Uh, and then in the second half, Alabama kind of takes, feels like it takes over. And then it feels like Michigan's on the ropes. And one thing that, again, we're being in the stadium, you're kind of thinking it this way, is the Michigan fan base, it, it felt like it was about 75 to 25 in yep. the you usually don't see that kind of one-sidedness at an Al- at an Alabama or really any SEC, you know, playoff-related game where they're that much in the minority. But and it was a pretty boisterous Michigan crowd because it felt like you know one of the players I talked to after the game on Michigan side said, "Yeah, when Alabama started doing their Alabama song, which he I think he you know I think that's Dixieland delight." He goes, I could hear our fans just going, let's go blue and drown in the mouth. Yeah. And, like, I think they fed off the energy. And, you know, I wrote about this for The Athletic, which people will probably now be able to see because it's probably already up. The confidence in the, and the determination in Michigan has, to me, that is the biggest part of this story. Because, like, to spring forward, teams always use being doubted almost always these days, as a thing. Obviously, Georgia tried to do it in the past, and you're like, 
who was saying you were going to finish seven and <laughs> yeah, six? Yeah, try to manufacture that. Yeah, like, and you see it from a bunch of places, um, and sometimes there, it's there to a degree, but not like this. And look, you know, like, and I get why this was, but you know, I did a, these four scouting reports on each different team. And one of them was on Michigan. It was the first one, and it was salty as hell. Um, a lot of the Big Ten coaches, it wasn't only Big Ten coaches I talked to, but it was teams who had played them. But it was mostly Big Ten coaches. And, you know, some of it, not all of it, but some of it's, you know, stemmed from, well, how much of this was when they tailed off in the, in the last third of the season, you know, was after the signal steal, alleged signal stealing uh, investigation came to light. It was like, okay, maybe that was a big advantage for why they looked so good earlier in the year and they didn't look so good later in the year. Well, part of it also was they played much better defenses and teams later in the year. Part of it was J.J. McCarthy was banged up for almost that whole stretch. He got hurt in the Penn State game. So I get all those things. Um, but it's interesting talking to people and hearing from some people at Michigan and close to the program about they got wind of that sentiment. And I think that that was another thing on their list. And mm-hmm. I definitely heard a lot of that. Well, I mean, didn't have to look hard. It was on CBS at halftime of the um, Sun Bowl. They had up the graphic of J.J. McCarthy before and after Connor Stallion's resignation, yeah. which I was a little surprised they went there because that's just a theory. You know, it's not, we don't know if that's the case. But. Well, today, J.J. McCarthy, three touchdowns, zero mm-hmm. picks. Now, he did throw one that didn't count, but... He led, the, he led the, I mean, the this was his moment. Yeah. You know, I think he's had a two-year run where he's won all but one game. Um, but he he just hadn't had his moment. Is like, this is the signature J.J. McCarthy moment. And it came, I mean, Alabama has shut them down the entire second half. I think they had 43 yards the entire second half until that game-tying 75-yard drive yeah. where he had a long keeper – he had the, I think, 29-yard pass to Roman Wilson and then the touchdown to tie it. I know I want to just give you some props because for two things. First of all, you told us before the season even started that you thought Michigan could win the national championship or would win the national championship. They've got one more win to go. You also didn't get caught up in the Alabama has gotten so much better narrative, right? Well, here's where here's, here's what I thought was interesting. Look, I will give – I heard from a lot of Michigan <laughs> fans, Michigan media, and – you know, one thing that I do subscribe to that, and I, I don't remember who the person was who like tweeted this at me, but I remember referencing it, you know, last week, was the saltiness of the of those coaches relative to there was so much. And look, Nick Saban is the greatest coach in football history, and certainly in college football, so he deserves the benefit of the doubt. But I, one thing that I never got off too far on, and this is from. You know, some of the coaches I talked to also in the SEC was, okay, you know, everybody's basing them off of Georgia. They didn't look very good the week before against Auburn. And that was just a week earlier. And I felt like, um, you know, if you start, and again, I I wouldn't always do this, and I wouldn't base a, a, a prediction off of this alone, but, like, if you start going by position by position, like, all these other coaches were like, yeah, Roman Wilson's a pretty good receiver. The other guys don't scare you. The tight ends are good, but you're not going to get beat by tight ends. And then it was, well, Blake Quorum's not as good as he was last year before the injury, 
right? And and Donovan Edwards has not been as good as he was coming off the injury. So line. it's hard to say how much of this was actual scouting report, how much was like you said saltiness. Yeah, and, and I but I, I think the, the you know I do remember also some some stuff that SEC coaches told me was like this ain't that Alabama defense. There ain't no Quinn and Williams up there, right? This, you know, it's like weird because in some ways I think. Michigan was a really bad matchup for them, and I don't know if I didn't. I didn't watch like a ton of like I didn't you know of shows that were talking about this game, but one thing that I thought about was they were clearly the strength of their team, especially their defense, was their secondary. Well, Michigan's not Washington. They're not a team that is going to like try to light you up through the passing game. They're going to try to lean on you and maul you. Well, like I said, no Quinn and Williams. There's no like. There's good players. There's no like elite guys on that front seven though and so they weren't going to completely shut down the run game they didn't shut it down they shut it down for stretches but they didn't like they didn't dominate that and you know it was Michigan who got all the pressure on the quarterback you know they they sacked Milrow for the first six times he dropped back that's and that's really what like when that happened it was really jarring because to see that from an Alabama team in a playoff game that was that was what Alabama looked like early in the season. They couldn't protect Milrow. And and Caden Proctor was getting like these awful PFF grades. And then as the season went on, second half of the season, they weren't giving up sacks. It seemed like, well, okay, they gave up some. They've, they gave, they've, yeah, they've like, developed. They've gotten better. But the first half, it was like, oh, boy, now they're facing a Michigan. Now they're facing this really good defensive front. And they're getting worked to the point where, I mean, Jalen Milrow, I think, barely reached 100 passing yards. In the second half, they basically gave up, and and he he ran the ball twenty one times. That's what they tried to do, and it almost worked. Right? They led until two minutes left. But you know, this was an Alabama team. I thought I was in the press conference, and I thought it was pretty remarkable that Nick Saban said right off the top, you know, I just told my team this this goes down as one of the greatest seasons in Alabama history because in his mind they improved so much over the course of the season. <laughs> That that in itself was an accomplishment. And then I asked him to follow up because I'm like, that's an interesting thing to say given you've won six national championships there, and this is not going to go down as one of those seasons. You know, he he said it more. He said that this team has improved more from second or third week season to the end than any team I've ever had here. So for him, it was like almost like a, a gravy that they made it this far. Still, you, you went to overtime, you had a chance to win and go to the championship game. Uh, Michigan had so many gaffes, right? Yeah, but so did Alabama. But but Michigan had them where it was like the Samaj Morgan fumbles a punt, and that leads to a touchdown. They miss a PAT. They miss a field. Like they're they almost um, the 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 kickoff at the end. Yeah, like, they almost ended up with a safety on the. Uh, they could have lost the game on a safety. Yeah, thaw yeah. was in the game. Yeah, and you're like okay, you know, you know, you got your you know, guy, your reliable guy there, and. Unfortunately, Jake thought, you know, like didn't let it bounce in the end zone. He field tries to field it, and that almost leads to catastrophe. You know, they were able to get out and you know get out of regulation. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting because like I again I went through this in a lot of detail in my story Tuesday about the resolve of this team, and you just kind of go through it, and like I don't think. You know, like the in the off season, I had this thing with Ari Wasserman, um, our colleague, about just kind of like the stars matter piece, and then like the part that I just don't think 
people give enough credit to is like the development piece. And clearly, Jim Harbaugh has really, you know, done that there, you know. And I, I'll ask you this. I'm curious your thoughts because, you know, this I had this conversation with at least six different either players or coaches at Michigan who I know. And it was like, okay, will they get credit now? Being like, for this year, you know, it was like, I remember thinking after all this stuff comes to light. Now, I know there were some coaches, and, and Ryan Walters was certainly vocal about it and, you know, put his name on this, the Purdue coach, was, well, just because it's out there now and Connor Stallions is no longer with the program, that doesn't mean, like, it didn't affect people, you know, like, even... Because now you have to change all your stuff and this, you know, everything. And I get that. But Harbaugh served a significant suspension. Three games. I'm not even talking about the first three games of the season. I'm talking about the last three. Because it was like. He missed the Ohio State game. He missed the Ohio State game. He missed the Penn State game at Penn State. Like, those were big games, right? And, um, but they won. And then they beat, you know, he was back and they beat Iowa. And it's not like Iowa's a you know, top 10 team, but, like, they shut them out. They win that game. They win the Big Ten title game. And it's like, okay, but they were not as impressive. They're, like, they're, people are measuring them. Like, we talked about before, measuring them compared to, well, they were more impressive. Well, don't you think that's over now? I mean... Well, now that's what yeah. I was going to ask you. So now you just played Alabama from the mighty SEC, and you played the team that beat Georgia, and they beat them wasn't like a perfect game for them. They made some mistakes, but it was like nothing like where you, like if you watched that game, you wouldn't think, oh, Alabama, like it was fluky. Like they beat them. I can't, you know, I don't know if I would say if they played 10 times, Alabama, you know, Michigan would win nine. I think Michigan would probably win six or seven and maybe Alabama would win three or four. This is, in this sport, the way it is now, the SEC is everybody's measuring stick. You beat the SEC champ, you're good. Well, these <laughs> You're two, legit. It's these two teams. Yeah, I mean, if Michigan, I mean, now that I think about it, if the bracket had worked out that Michigan played one of the other, Texas or Washington in the semis and won, it would be... It would have been, it, it, it would have, have carried this kind of weight. Correct. They beat the SEC champ. They beat Mighty Alabama. Connor Stallions, nowhere to be found that we know of. <laughs> uh, I say that because I actually, like, stopped for a moment on the field because I thought I saw him. But, well, probably come on. Ton of ton of people that look like Connor Stein. Anyway, um, no, I mean I think you know the NCAA is not done with them. They'll get whatever punishments coming to them. But uh, in terms of I, you'd have to be really obtuse to say, well, but they cheated. But they cheated. Like he's gone. That guy's long gone now, and they're beating the SEC. Che- and they're out. They didn't do it by like oh they got. They must have won this game tonight because they had their sign. I only beat them because they were more physical and tougher. They were more and physical. They're going to have a bunch of dudes high-round draft And they're picks. really resilient yeah. team. They're really, you know. and um, If they win the national championship, if either, well, actually at this point. Already stars the matter thing is going to take a pause this year because Washington is not like. No, they're not. You know, this team is not. Whoever, team. Whichever team wins is going to, I believe, have the lowest recruiting average of the CFP champions. Who cares? My Michigan, they signed top 20 classes. It's not like it's a, you know, yeah, I mean, the, not, the, they're not ranked the, 60th. The but. Barrett team, the Barrett class that he was signed in, and it was so long, it was 2018, was actually not a top 20 class even. It was like okay. 22nd. And Clemson had some, like, ones in the teens. But that, anyway, 
Um, yeah, it's a it's a different kind of championship game. It's you know, and I, I just I cannot get over the fact that in the last year of the Pac-12, it's going to be a Pac-12 team against a Pac-12 team that's going to the Big Ten against a Big Ten team. Michigan and Washington are playing this year, this coming year, yeah. uh, on a regular season um, conference game. Uh, it's just so wild. I just saw that George Klyovkov, who has not been heard from since the whole thing went down, uh, was talking to reporters after the game. You know, he's in a good mood. His conference's team is in the championship game. Although, now I think about it, that is also the school that sued the rest of that. Anyway, what a mess. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, yeah, so let's get to Washington. Were you so, uh, did you pick Texas or Washington? I, don't know. I went 0 for 2 on my picks today. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was a it, an interesting game. Now, I, I'll be honest. I saw probably 80% of it because I think I missed the first quarter because we were still, you know, reporting, you know, on the field or in the locker room. I still don't understand how you saw, you know, for people, I was, you know, first run the press conference. Then I got on a shuttle bus and we're stuck in traffic. On the shuttle bus trying is where to get I was out the game. Fortuna and I That's the thing. I couldn't get any self-service. Anyway, but I, YouTube TV, key plays, I caught up. Yeah, I, I a just... A whole lot of Michael Penix. Yeah, man, Michael Penix. He is... Man, like, it, he is... I don't even know if I want to broach the subject, but, like, you watch him, and he is just lighting people up deep downfield. I mean, he threw for 430 yards, and the question mark for, for Texas, as best I heard, was that secondary is not great. Right. And the receivers are really good that he has, and the offensive system he has is really good, and he looked really comfortable. And there was plays where, you know, like I always thought this was kind of a miss, like um, a little bit of a misevaluation because I think sometimes people are like, ah, oh, he doesn't run that much. He doesn't, you know, like he made a bunch of athletic plays, evading pressure tonight. And I thought, you know, he was the guy I voted for the Heisman. And I think if anybody watched this game tonight, it's not a knock on Jalen uh, on uh, Jaden Daniels, but like I think he would have won a lot more votes tonight after people watched. Him. Tonight was definitely a case of the if only they held the vote after the bowl games uh, situation. Like if you look at the two quarterbacks, there was a like one guy was the arguably the biggest recruited, you know, most hyped, ranked recruit quarterback in the history of the two four seven world, and. He has good receivers, too, and he makes some good throws. But Michael Penix was on another level. Michael Penix went 29 of 38 for 430 yards and two TDs. Um, He had not thrown for 400 yards since week three against Michigan State. So here I am, I'm an idiot, thinking, uh, well, you know, that's great and all, but you're facing the Texas defensive line is going to pressure him. No, in the biggest stage against the, you know, big-name team, he – I mean, he had his best game of the season. Maybe the best game of his career, because uh, it was certainly the biggest game of his career. And those receivers are awesome. Now, they still almost lost. I mean, that would have been the most 
other than maybe like the Michigan State, he fumbled the snap. I can't think of a more excruciating way to lose if if Washington ended up losing when they were just trying to run out the clock. Ask a Miami fan. They'll tell you about the game this year. <laughs> yeah. That, no, you're right. Like, but I mean, they did everything right all game. They and they were the on- still they were, doing They recovered the onside kick, too. Recovered the onside kick. All they got to do is run out the clock. And it wasn't a case of, like, poor clock management or something. Their poor running back, Dylan Johnson, got hurt. And he's writhing in pain on the field. It's a real injury. In fact, he might not be there next week. We'll talk about that maybe later. But And because of that, the clock stops. And they have to punt. If he doesn't get injured, they probably can just run it out. They have to punt. Texas gets the ball back with a decent amount of time. Oh, and there's a penalty. So they get 15 yards. And you end up in a situation where Texas is throwing the ball into the end zone. Yeah, they have like three shots in there. They even got the one second left, just like they did in the uh, Big 12 title. Usually, I feel like I was sitting there watching that, like, and, you know, with a bunch of other people, and I saw, oh, they put the one second back. I always feel like that's like an ominous thing. Like, once that happens, it always seems to bite that team, the team that that has allowed one more play. Well, give Washington's DBs a lot of credit because basically you, you gave Quinn Ewers three shots into the end zone. He couldn't get in. And, 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 and they didn't commit interference, just defended the pass as well. So, you know, they earned it. I mean, they, they um, to me, they were controlling the whole second half until that very end sequence. Yeah. Uh, so I think we talked last podcast somebody asked us where we might rank Kalen DeBoer and that was before this I mean Kalen DeBoer is one more win from winning a national championship in his second season as a power five head coach a guy who I bet most fans east of the Rockies could not have identified but any I, I don't think I could have if you asked fans east of the Rockies who's the coach of the Washington Huskies I don't know that many of them would be able to name sure that it was Kalen DeBoer I'm sure they wouldn't yeah well and now he's possibly going to be a national championship coach him or Jim Harbaugh, and uh, Harbaugh, you know, got the requisite question after the game. Do you think next week will be your last game in Michigan? He laughed. He said, "My future is a winning flight, is a happy flight home to Ann Arbor." I think it's going to be looming over the game next weekend, though. I mean, it's it's he he came out this week. He's hired Don Yee, Tom Brady's agent. He's going to field calls from NFL teams. Yeah, like, I don't think any of those things are, like, surprising, though. Like, I think we knew he was, like, we knew for a couple of weeks that he was probably going to hire an agent. That was the word going around. I think we knew for more than, you know, like, I remember this was, like, on our last big noon show, which was over a month ago, about, like, people close to Jim Harbaugh think Jim Harbaugh is going to, going to leave. And the question is, will he get the right opportunity? And that's an NFL side of it thing. You know, is that the Chargers or whatever it's going to be? I don't think that's going to... I honestly do not think that's going to have one bit of um, bearing on how Michigan plays. No, it won't because they've gone through enough. Like, they've had enough stuff this year. They they don't care. And I'm guessing a lot of the players know, like... They, if they're being honest with themselves, like this, your coach has tried to get an NFL job the last two years. So, no, I don't think that'll be. I mean, I think going back to when they filed the temporary restraining order, like everybody is all in on trying to win the national championship this year. Whatever happens next year, so be it. He leaves, he doesn't leave, they get punished, they don't get punished. Like, it's about winning this national championship, and they are now a game away from it. And it would be a really big deal. I mean, for so long, I think the notion has been that. 
obviously the SEC rules this sport. And it was always like, well, it's the SEC and Ohio State. You know, like, Ohio State's the only other team in the North that recruits at the level of Georgia, well, Alabama. Again, I, I feel like that... It's I, about... It could, it's being debunked, finally. Yeah, but I, I feel like that notion was kind of a message board thing that's gotten traction. People go, oh, okay, this is like it can't happen. And you sit there and go... I, no, well, I, it, it, hasn't it just hasn't happened yeah. in a long time. But I don't. I think that sometimes people get tripped into thinking that like it can't happen. It hasn't happened. It's just, I don't know. Um, Michigan is playing for its first national championship since 1997, which was the year before the BCS. So they've never even played in an official championship game, which is it doesn't match with their pedo. Like they're the one of the most watched brands in college football. I think in some ways maybe people conflate them with Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame's got some actual like unique limitations that do legitimately make it, you know, make you question whether they can win a national championship in the current era, right? Michigan has never had that working against them. They just haven't put it together. They went through a long run of mediocre coaches. And Harbaugh had those teams that were really good but couldn't beat Ohio State. And that's really the difference, right? He finally beat Ohio State and actually has a team on this stage, you know, you look back now to the one two years ago against Georgia, that was just, Georgia would have done that to whoever they played in that game. It kind of became like um, an indictment of Michigan, but like that Georgia defense flattened also, everybody that But they year. were also more limited with Cade McNamara. Yeah. He's not a dynamic athlete. J.J. McCarthy is that. He can make plays with his legs. Um, but like what they'll, with, you know, Michigan players, if you talk to them, will be like that COVID season of 2020 was like, turned out to be the best thing that ever happened for that program. They win only two games in a shortened season. And Trevor Keegan, who's one of the leaders of that team, the offensive lineman, said, you know, when you lose a lot of games in college football, it's not fun. And it makes you look in the mirror really hard. And I think that is probably a real turning point for that program. Um, you know, and it's, it's weird because I feel like a lot has been, I feel like the, the signal stealing investigation has gotten glossed over to people going, aha, that changed. Well, I mean, if you say that, like that didn't help them win this game at all. I don't, it was never that simple to me. Like I've said it many times, nobody will ever know what, what effect it did or didn't have. All we know is it was against the rules and they got caught. And whatever further punishments want to get levied will get levied. But nobody will ever know what effect it actually had on a game. I understand why the Big Ten coaches are pissed off about it because that's gamesmanship. And coaches also even are, so the paranoia came back this week. I wasn't here for all the press conferences, but you know that became a subject about game film and practice film and tablets and whatnot. Um, the paranoia is just in in this sport is insane. Well. So we've reached a point where we have two teams that I didn't see winning their semifinals. Somebody's going to win the national championship. And, you know, I don't know what to do here because I don't want, I'm like, I don't want to pick against either of these teams ever again because they just keep proving me wrong. I think Michigan fans would, not, would want you to be wearing purple for this game. And I think purple fans want me wearing maize and blue because I picked them. To lose to Oregon twice? Picked them to lose to Oregon twice. Now, I will give myself a little bit of a, a pat on the back. I was at the first Washington-Oregon game 
in my column, and this was in middle of October, which seems like eight years ago at this point, Washington can win the national championship. And I got a lot of like, you're crazy. Like, they have no defense. But you keep you're picking crazy. against them. Well, my mistake was, again, these teams don't, they're not the same team every week. And so, kind of how Alabama seemed like they were getting their act together over the last half of the season, Washington looked like they were going the other way. They had that weird, weird Arizona State 15-7 to game. They had a weird game against Stanford. The Apple Cup they almost lost, right? They had that amazing fourth down call. And then they kind of snapped back to it in the uh, Pac-12 title game. And they look like peak Washington tonight as well. I feel like we're going to pick Washington to win. I don't know. It's late at night. I don't want to make a pick yet. But I guess my question to you would be, what can Mich- nobody to this point has been able to stop Michael Penix, including a very good Texas defense. What, what does Michigan do that would make it like, oh, this is a bad matchup for Michael Penix? I mean, they have to f- find ways to get pressure on him and get him down, and I think that's on... Which nobody has. You know, which I think... Look, the this point holds. Um, one of the O-line coaches in the, in the Pac-12 had told me the best, O-line, the best D-line in the league is UCLA, and Texas has better interior guys. Now, Texas did not have a lot to out there. Their edge guys aren't as good. Um you know, Michigan has a lot of guys they throw at people. I don't think people give their D-line enough credit. They have a lot of good They should people. after tonight. They, they have a lot wrecked of Alabama. People. I mean, Stars Matter guy is wrong. Like, Kenneth Grant is should have been a five-star. He's a three-star. He's a 340-pound guy who, you know, should be like a f- number in the top ten on my freaks list next year. Like, he's a disruptive guy. Jenkins is disruptive. More is disruptive. Like, they have a lot of guys that come at you. And I think, you know, the challenge with when you play Washington to me is they are the team that is that feels like now they're Steph Curry making threes and you get in a three point shooting contest with them and you got to keep answering. And I don't feel like Michigan's the time that's going to keep answering, but they're going to make a sloppy game. They're going to make it a street fight. And that's how they win those games. And I don't know, like, that's a that's a game that I don't think those guys have played, Washington. It's a, <clears throat> I mean, it's a fascinating match strength against strength where we just saw how great Michigan's pass rush is. This is how well Washington protects Penix. And for the listeners, I'm looking this stuff up on my phone while we're talking so I don't interrupt the recording on our computer. Uh, Washington has allowed 11, this was going into tonight, Washington had allowed... 11 sacks on the season. And probably like fourth fourth fewest nationally while attempting the most passes in the country. They 484 pass attempts and he was sacked 11 times. Yeah. That's a that's a obviously they they won the Joe Moore award, which now I thinking about this you have the three the last three winners of the Joe Moore award will be playing in the national title game, maybe not a coincidence. Um, and you have Penix who I think is really good at getting rid of the ball. I mean I saw enough of the game tonight to see stuff that I'm like, I think he's going to be such a fascinating draft evaluation because you see a lot of stuff he does on film. You're like, man, like this is not easy throws he's making. This is like he's- I think he's remarkable, and I know that people, you know, he's older and he's got an injury history. I wonder if he moved up some draft boards tonight because 
he makes every throw you you would want to see from a guy. Like, yeah. what more do you need to see? Um, People are. He is a very polarizing subject for some of the draft world. I know that. And oh, good. Well, now we we'll know what they're going to talk about for the next four months. Look, if he if he goes out and lights up Michigan's defense, I mean, come on. Like, you don't want that guy to be your quarterback. Um, the only thing now, though, is the wild card. Though, is that uh, in the last thirty seconds of the game, they lost their running back possibly. And Kalen DeBoer was asked about it afterward and just said it didn't look good. Uh, ankle injury. So Washington is not a like heavy running team, but Dylan Johnson is on like And they already lost he plays a big role on that they team. They lost one of their best running backs even before the season. Um I want to say Cam Davis or Cam Williams. I'm blank it's late at night. And um but he had like thirteen touchdowns last I year. I think Dylan Johnson's biggest <clears throat> role he plays is that you know, they're not like... He gives full, a balance. Yeah, they're not full throttle, go at you all the time. Sometimes they like to slow it down, bleed some clock. You know, keep the other team off the field, and he's the one that does that. So that would be a big loss if they don't have him. Um, as of this recording, we don't know his status. Maybe it'll come out here um, shortly thereafter. Um, we will come back at you with another episode this later this week, where hopefully I'll have my voice back. Uh, and it won't be so late at night, and we'll have a little more clarity on things. But just an absolutely awesome set of semifinals um, on top of what I think has been actually a pretty entertaining bowl season. So uh, we'll see you next time. How did we get away with the